1: For those of you who are just joining us, this is Group Text, and you've actually jumped in on a conversation I am having with Mario Cantone. How are you?
0: I'm good, honey. How are you? I'm doing good. You know? Yeah. Things are good right now for me, but you know, also the world is a mess and it's, everything is just a big shit show. So there's that too. It's like two conflicting things, good things, and then... You know, the Omicron and the COVID and the nation and whatever. It's just a lot. It's a lot. It's, it's you know? a lot. Your day your life, no matter how good it is.
1: It's, and then you feel guilty oh. for saying like, oh, I don't feel good or I'm upset or I'm super stressed. Because then you've to sit there and, and I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm tempting fate. I'm like, no, 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 I don't mean it. Like, no, I know. It, it becomes this whole neurotic sort of death, death role.
0: Yes, it does. And you, you know, you do feel guilty about saying, it, but, you know, Hey, you're alive and life is good. Yeah, we are. But you know, this, I feel bad for the, for the youngins. That's who I feel bad for the, the kid, these young kids that are starting their lives with this shit. I mean, at least, you know, well, I, you know, I, in my twenties, I guess I had to deal with AIDS, but you know, uh, and many friends dying and you know, the, the fear of all that and surviving that, all that stuff, that, that was, that was scary too, but that was, you know, that was my community. Um, And now this is um, the world getting hit with this thing. And, you know, I don't know. What a happy-go-lucky I
1: I was going to say, and we're back. And we're Uh, back. First of all, I adore you. And if I remember correctly, you did a commercial- with my mother? Yes, I did. For I did. what? Well, what, what was that old whore hawking? She, well, it was Old Navy. <gasps> and, I remember that.
0: And uh, I still have pictures uh, from that day. And she, yeah, she approved me, wanted me to do it. You know, look, and she, I only did two roasts in my life because I hate them. Because um, you sit there and you're, a, you know, you're a gay punching bag for two hours. So, I did Dennis Leary's cause I went to college with him and I know him and I, and I love him and, and I did your mother's cause I love her and I, I, I knew her a bit. Um, and she asked me to do it and I was like, okay, let's, let's go. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, that's how much I, you know, I, I love your mother. And then I did the old Navy thing came after the roast, I
1: think. Um Oh, I don't remember, you know, we okay. were in our family. We are always selling something from our soul to clothing. So okay. it's super easy. It's hard Boy, to keep track. She'd have a field day if she was alive right now. Oh, could she'd you even imagine? And probably, you know, they
0: tried to cancel her at one point. I'm sure, you know.
1: Oh yeah. She was trying, they were trying to cancel her before there was cancel culture. And she yeah. just was like, what are you going to do to me now? Really? Go ahead. Yeah. So everybody knows you from sex in the city, but right. God, you have an interesting history. Don't I? You really, really do. Start with that your mother was not just a compulsive gambler, but a, a bookie. And by the way, nothing to be ashamed of. I feel no. that it's us because I could count a house yeah. by the age of like 10. No, I know. I know. I can stand in the back and count a four wall.
0: Yeah. No. I, I, yeah. My mother was a compulsive gambler and a bookie. And uh, yeah, her, her sisters were all bookies.
1: Did it make you good at math? No. <laughs> and you know what's so funny? I didn't get
0: that addi- addiction—the gambling bug. Knock on wood. No, I didn't get that. I and I think that's probably the most expensive addiction in the world because the more money you make, the more you gamble. I, I I was never a gambler. When I would play Vegas or Atlantic City, I would come home with my check. I didn't even go. I didn't even go near it. I didn't want to. I didn't care. Um, but my father was also was never a bookie or a compulsive. Well, He was never a compulsive gambler and he wasn't even a bookie until my mother kind of quit it all and taught him how to be a bookie. So then he became a bookie, but that was his business. And he didn't gamble because being a bookie and a compulsive gambler is like selling the cocaine and doing it. Whereas being just the bookie is just selling the cocaine and not not dipping into the product. So it's, it's, uh, it's very fascinating.
1: <laughs> it, 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 well, I was going to say, you think compulsive gambling is expensive. You should try Been, you know, in our family with our compulsive shopping.
0: The shop, Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. I know. And I never did that either. I mean, I, I like to shop, but I never, I guess, you know, what you, know, I'll tell you though, in the nineties and the eighties, that's all I did was buy CDs and DVDs and I still have them. I'm like a friggin' hoarder. They're like, you know, lined up on the bookshelf, like you have behind you. It looks horrible. What's wrong with me?
1: Well, you could sell those now.
0: Yeah, could I?
1: <laughs> I guess. How much, I don't,
0: how much will I get?
1: <laughs> I have no idea, but I just know that I got a lot of China. My mother would like, she never met saw met a tag sale she didn't love. Well, your
0: mother loved good China and I I do too. And, and and stemware and I love stemware. That's my kind of I like the old coupes, the champagne coupes. I, I have a collection of those. And my husband's like, you can't get it. And if I see some that I like, he's like, no, where are we gonna put them? You can't have those. He stops me.
1: But they're slightly different than the ones you have. So I Absolutely. understand this. Yes, of course they are. I can't, I, I'm
0: not repeating the product. I'm just, they're coupes and there's many different styles of coupes. Yeah, there's etched ones. And there's cl- I have a clear one that has like a tube on the bottom. So when you pour the champagne, the fizz comes up through the tube. It's beautiful. They don't look like much, but then when you pour the champagne in it, it's lovely.
1: Yeah. But it's it sounds like you use your stuff. I'm I terrible. Do. All my stuff, like my mom it's all packed away and it comes out. I'm like, become one of those people. Like it comes out at Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah, sure. I know. But you, you have a lot, I'm sure you, your mother had a, a lot more uh, China and stemware than I did. And, and, and the good stuff you do take out when it's the holidays or whatever, you don't use it every day, but I do, I use my, I, I use my kooks a lot. You know? Okay.
1: Well, that's at least you're using it, which is fantastic. I, you, know, um, you have to. So one of your first jobs, I learned so much about you just by cruising around online. Yeah. One of your first jobs was selling chocolate in Trump Tower. And actually that
0: company was before Trump Tower. It was, um, it was in the Beverly Center because I moved to L.A. right after college. I graduated Emerson College. Then I went to L.A. and I got a job selling chocolates for that same company at the Beverly Center.
1: What company?
0: It was called Truffles Chocolatier. I don't think they exist anymore. They were. were only- they good? Yes, they were good. Um, and I used to do like you know impressions while I was selling them. I would do like Catherine Hepburn selling a, a truffle <laughs> with a drizzle. I was like, I drizzled that. I didn't even have to move. It just drizzled itself. You know, drizzling the chocolate. So it has a nice design on it. I would like and people thought I was nuts. Yeah, that's what I would do when they would come in. It was right like I forget where it was. Like kind of, it was just yeah. It was a little store. And then when I left LA they ended up opening in the Trump tower. And that's, I worked, I worked there for just a a small amount of time. And then this old, older is he was, he was an Iraqi Jew. His name was David Sadie. He was like a father to me. He, he, I used to go see him. He was across the hall. He's designed and sold jewelry. And I ended up working for him and he was this crazy nut that was just loving. And I worked for him for like six months and, Every time I go see him, he'd, he'd give me money. Here, take this. This is you take this. Go give this to you. And then he'd always say like this: "You need, to, you need to fuck woman." I'm like, I'm not gonna have sex. It's not gonna to happen? That's what he'd say to me. <laughs> you are mama. He called me mama. I was like, you know, that's a tribe. That's not, you know, I have a tribe, but it's not that. That's Like instead of saying homo or right, gay, he'd be like mama. I'm like, all right, I'm a mama. Um, but he was an interesting guy. And uh, Natalie Portman used to wear his jewelry, Lenny Kravitz. We all were at his funeral. And yeah, he, he, he was he was a good guy. And that's that's and then when once I started doing stand up at the improv and the comedy cellar and Green Street upstairs at Green Street, I would kind of just do that on the weekends, collect my money and pay my rent, which was, you know, maybe 350 bucks back then. And then and, and, and I never I, and I rarely went out of town. Or went like on tour or went out of town or played the road. That scared me. I was the opposite of your mother. I liked seeing my calendar blank because all of this shit <laughs> scared me.
1: <laughs> um, you're so funny and so dynamic. One of the this caught me completely surprised. One of your longest running shows was a kids' TV show. Yeah,
0: it was called Steampipe Alley. It was on from 1988 to 1993. That's so, a long run. Well, we were the, one of the highest rated kid shows in the country. It was sick. We got we got away with murder. We had like games like find sammy davis jr's eye in the pie we had a Pavarotti musical chairs game where he ate beans and pumped gas at a gas station and i was Pucciano Pavarotti and he made the kids play musical chairs with whoopee cushions i had you know every mother's day i had the mommy dearest obstacle course i had like really crazy shit and it was for 8 to 15 but i had a lot of like you know 40 50 year old Prisoners from the Newark prison writing me letters. Like, mm,
1: <laughs> you're pretty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's sweet.
0: I like you. But yeah. I would get, you know, I had a lot of adult fans. It was, it was, yeah, that was my kid show. And, and it was a produced, executive produced at TV Channel 9 out of Secaucus, New Jersey, like in its heyday when Howard Stern had his show there and Jackie Mason and uh, there was uh, the Richard Bay show, which was, you know, that crazy. Oh, my God. The kid Richard kid. Bay yeah, show. It was all done. And then, um, then it ended up, everything just kind of dispersed. They, 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 they didn't really use the studio anymore. I don't even know what's there. But it was also at a time when the station was considered a um, a superstation. It was called a, a, a passive superstation, which means it was a bottom. I have no idea. All I know is <laughs> it was a passive superstation. And another company would buy the satellite and it would go, it was on cable all across the country. So it was on Century Cable in LA. It, oh. was,
1: it was one of the, it was that sort of weird time when cable was just figuring itself out. Yep. And all these different sort of mediums and ways to watch programming. Yep. Back when we actually used to watch TV.
0: Yeah, I know. I still do. You know, I have Turner Classic Movies on all the time. That's
1: my station. Yeah, you, you and my mom and AMC. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. AMC was like the original. it was the first kind of TCM. And then they started, they had uncut old movies and then they started commercials and then they started doing original programming and now it's a whole other thing. But TCM came in and kind of took it over and they never changed. They upgraded yeah. and updated and trying to reach a younger audience, but they're, they, are dedicated to doing the same thing. And I got to do like a month in October with Ben Mankiewicz, who I adore. And I did, we did classic horror and I got to curate the movies, two movies every Sunday night. And there were five Sundays in October. So I got five friggin' Sundays. It was the most exciting thing of my life. I'm not kidding. Like everything that's going on right now, that is the most exciting. And I did it once in 05 with Robert Osborne, which was amazing, but Ben's my buddy. So it was very loose and fun and, you know, it was just, you know, with Robert Osborne, you're, you know, it's, he's... draw it was our Robert Osborne. You know, it's like, you're like, you just want to be good for him. With Ben, I can, you know, he's like a bro. Yeah. Like a, you know.
1: What is your favorite old movie? Who, are you, what, like the other day, uh-huh. like we always, we always said, like, you can't be unhappy watching Singing in the Rain. No, you can't. It's great. And you have to stop and watch. Yep, yeah, it's great. It's one of those. I think All About Eve is probably
0: the one that I always... Land on or Sunset Boulevard that I that I that it's hard it's hard to turn off, you know the women the women, another I great love, one by
1: the like, way because you already named two of my my favorite yeah. Mrs. Skeffington oh, you know that was one of my when I did guest programming with Mr. Osborne
0: that was one of my choices was Mr. Skeffington Fanny Skeffington yep.
1: yeah oh yeah you you just rattle off I mean we might be separated at birth yeah. Um I didn't realize that. I mean, and you, it's not that you haven't worked hard and you've done all this, well, but you've had a very charmed career. You think so? You, whose Broadway debut is yeah. coming in after Nathan Lane? In what was it? Love, valor, well, compassion.
0: You know, I directed by Joe Mantello, who directed three out of the five Broadway shows I've done, and um, that was his first show that he directed. Terrence McNally it won the Tony Award that year for best play, and I got Nathan's blessing, and I adore him, um, and that's how I got to know him, kind of. And he, it was, it was
1: incredible. It was. It, I always said it was all downhill from there. I mean, it's that's got to be intimidating, though, that that's your Broadway do- and and replacing Nathan. Oh, and I would have to go.
0: Joe, my director was like, "Go in and watch, so you can see where the laughs are." And I, he wanted me to go in like every night, like for a week. And I did it once. And I called him. I said, "Joe, I can't." I said, "The laugh density is so intense that it's intimidating and scary. I cannot watch him. I see where the laughs are. I got it." And my first night was amazing. My first night was unbelievable. And then, you know, there was a. There's always the second night blues, um, which you kind of forget things and. And then it was a little inconsistent at the beginning. And then, it, then I got a really nice groove on it. It's, you know, I hadn't done a, run, a Broadway run. I've never done a Broadway run. It was a run. You know, we did, it was six months. It won the Tony. To run. It is. And it was, it, 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 we won the Tony. And I think the, the Tony award for best play was in May and we closed in September.
1: Right. Well, and the logical next step for you, because when you go from something like that is to walk in, of course, to the Tempest, with Patrick's. I mean, how did you not become completely schizophrenic? Cause you went from huge comedy to Shakespeare I don't even with, know. I a, even said with a
0: trained actor. Yeah, and I'm, you know, in college, I shunned Shakespeare. I was like, I'm never going to do this professionally. I don't want to do it. I don't understand it. I don't like it. You know, I, and I, I used to say that to Dr. Sharp. I was like, I'm not going to do this. So why am I, why, why are you making me do this in class? Um, and and when George Wolfe, who directed The Tempest, it was with Patrick Stewart. It was magnificent. And Anjanue Ellis was in it. She was amazing. It was and Carrie Preston. It was an amazing cast. Um, Rain Wilson was my understudy. Anybody who oh, understudied really? or opened for me became much bigger star than I ever was. I've climbed my way to the middle and stayed where, stayed there. And I'm very comfortable at that.
1: But it's a very my, warm and fuzzy place. Like
0: it's good. I'm good. I don't need to be that relevant. I don't need any. Of, I don't, you know... I don't. Um, but uh, yeah, the Tempest was, 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 was trying because I got awful. I got personally awful reviews and uh, you know, I was called the screaming queen and you know, every, so everything you couldn't say today in a review. Um, but yeah, I, it, and I, and also, you know, the Tempest, I played Stefano, which is one of the clowns is Trinculo and Stefano. My friend Ross played, played, played Trinculo and, and they just, these, first of all, The Tempest is considered one of the comedies because either it's a comedy or a tragedy. It's not a comedy. It's not a tragedy. It's kind of in the middle. I don't love it. Um, It's, I mean, this is so blasphemous to say, but I was like, I mean, I really, it was, I mean, these, these are 400 year old jokes. You know, it's like, <laughs> I wanted to scream at the audience. You make them funny. You know, it was different. Yeah. And there were nights that I really got some laughs, but it was only a handful of nights. And then
1: other nights it was deadly. I'd come off stage and slam the door and be like, it's an oil painting out there. <laughs> but it's, and it's so hard for someone who is intrinsically funny oh, what's what's to that? stand out there going crickets.
0: Oh yeah. Really. And, and, and like, you know, you know what the line means. Cause you, translated it in your mind and you've studied it, but they don't always know what it means. People, it's very, you know, there was some, think about a fringe jacket that meant syphilis. I'm like, what? What? That's a leap.
1: Yeah, it's like, what? I was actually, I just started watching uh, The Tragedy of Macbeth.
0: Well, I want to see that, though. The
1: Joel Cohen one. Okay. And I keep turning up the volume thinking I can't hear.
0: No, you just don't understand
1: it. I just don't understand it. And they're all... Very deeply acting and yeah. and and quiet and modulating, and I'm just like speak up and slowly.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a Shakespeare, but I I, I I'd like to, I want to see that though because I love them both. Uh, I love Denzel Washington and, and Francis McDormand. So I, I want to see it, but it's I, beautiful sure. visually.
1: It's I'm sure. It's like you know, and very modernist. But when you see
0: a good Shakespeare in production. I remember. I think from from the Royal Shakespeare Company, they came in and did Midsummer Night's Dream in the '90s, and that was something. And that was amazing. And Rafe finds Hamlet. Yes. Directed by John- Kenneth
1: Branagh. No.
0: no. No, it was it was in, it was on it was on Broadway. Oh, okay. I was, was thinking of uh, the movie. Jonathan Kent directed it. Uh huh. It was the best Hamlet I ever saw. It, it was, and he flew through it. And that's kind of. The way to do it in a way, even though you're going to miss stuff, you fly through it. And he was so clear. Yeah, that 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 was amazing. But otherwise, I'm like, I don't want to see this. It was also a great production of Romeo and Juliet with Oscar Isaacs. Really? And directed by Michael Greif and and, and Lauren Ambrose. That was phenomenal. That's a huge, that's a
1: major cast.
0: Yeah. And that was in the park. And that's when Oscar like just got out of NYU was years ago. He was, he was great then. And and Lauren was great. It was beautiful. Yeah. There's some good, you know, the, I did Shakespeare in the park too. After that, I did um, Taming of the Shrew, which is much more of a comedy. I played Grumio. It was, I got big laughs. It was, I understood it more. It was fun. It was buoyant. Mel, Mel, Mel um, Shapiro directed that. who was brilliant. And it was Alison Janney's first Shakespearean job. She had just done the pilot for West Wing and it was her Mm -hmm. and J.O. Sanders. And yeah, that was pretty, pretty amazing.
1: Yeah. I've had a career, haven't I? Yeah. I was going to say, do you look back and think about all the, the, the diverse group of literally amazing, amazing artists you've worked with Yeah, and just say, how did I end up here?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I do. And I, and I, you know, I look at Nathan and I look at uh, Patrick Stewart. I mean, they all these Allison, all these people. I mean, I and even people that would just out, like Carrie Preston and New Ellis, were just out at NYU when they when we did the Tempest. Right. And, you know, they're huge. I mean, it's yeah, and Rain Wilson. They were all those NYU kids. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's I and, I and then I forget half the people I've worked with because I'm just old and well, I
1: well, we we all are. Um also, I know I had I had no idea you could sing,
0: oh yeah, I could sing
1: what do you sing in the shower what 's your favorite Broadway tune to sing in the I shower? I sing in the shower because I sing professionally that 's like asking
0: me what material of stand up do you do in the shower i don't um i I just I sing you know i, I think i 'm playing the cafe Carlisle in New York again on the uh in April and um the sixteenth through the twenty first and i I have my band. I sing, you know. I just I do stand up and I sing and I, you know, I I that's I always
1: love music in my stand up. Always. What's your favorite showstopper?
0: I sing the song that I do. Yeah. Um, um, I think I love when I, I like doing, you know. I always opened with a closing number. That was my thing. Like I opened in my one man show on Broadway and Laugh Hour. I, I opened yeah. a Shirley Bassey tune called. Um, This is my life. And it's really like a closing number. Um, And there's another Shirley Bassey tune called tonight. I gave the greatest performance of my life. And and that's that that I I'll open with that. Sometimes the other, one of my favorite is a song called, I'm going to live till I die. That I love, I love doing that. Yeah.
1: We, we, I would be remiss, obviously, if we did not get into and just like that and sex in the city, how did the park come to be?
0: Michael Patrick King, who is the uh, writer and, uh, you know, kind of got the reins, the creative reins of the show in the third season of Sex and the City. He I've known him since the 80s. He was a stand up comedian and he always loved what I did and would always kind of throw bits at me and make me kind of do things comedically. He'd give me a situation. I'd do it. He was always the director and writer. um, But a great stand-up too. And he, I don't know, uh, the third year he said, I wrote you something and it was supposed to be just a one-off. And uh it was episode, it was, I think it was, it was in the third season. Because I only did 12 episodes. I did like one season three, two season four, three season five, and six season six. And then I did both movies, which kind of solidified it. But he just wrote me that part. And of course I had to go and just uh, officially to read but he wrote it for me and that was it and I remember running into him in in a restaurant and he was like he said you know how how, you know the reaction we got from you was quite got a lot of letters and I was like well great am I coming back and he was like yes and I I did and that was then the cat was
1: it the cast is such a family and it comes through. Okay. I didn't realize it was season three. It's hard walking into a family.
0: It was, but you know what? I didn't think I was going to walk into a family. I thought I was just going to do this one thing. And it was me and Christian Davis, and Vera Wang. And that was it. And um, I, and there was actually a second scene that got cut because uh, we had an argument and I ripped the dress. <laughs> but luckily that didn't, that did get cut. So we never had the argument. So I got to come back, which was great. Um. Uh, yeah. And also, you know, Willie Garson, my my television husband, who I love adore and completely miss, he was the first, you know, he was the first gay guy on the show. He was the first, he was C- Carrie's gay friend. So, and I was Charlotte's gay friend. So, you know, back then, especially, there weren't room for two gay roles in one show. So I was really lucky that I got to continue this. And then they married us to, I guess, put us together and, create a storyline which unfortunately you didn't get to see right but um you know yeah I mean that's that I'm I'm very um I'm I was lucky to be to to have it in the first place I won't say I'm lucky to continue on it because I'm good on it so um I guess you are I don't I think it's I think it's I was lucky to get it in the first place and that you know and to be it kept being included, and then those two movies, and it was like okay, as soon as the movies happened, I was like, all right, this is good they're including me, but this is actually the first time I've ever been a regular on a series in my life
1: you you, you know again we, that the whole cast is what is so close for the most part you're such a family, and you know it it comes across how And Willie was so beloved by so many people and such a huge part of the show. And I know so close with everyone. How did you and Sarah get through that scene where you have to come in and say he's gone? It was, it
0: it was, it was, it was hard.
1: And and I think
0: that was before he passed that scene. Really? Yeah, he was still ill and still, uh, you know, in LA and at the, I don't, I don't know. And so it was before he passed away the day, this, the day he passed away was the, was the day before we filmed the plastic surgery scene with Jonathan Groff and, and, and Sarah and I, and they found out the day before I did too, but I didn't see everybody till the next day.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I saw, Sarah. And I just broke down and she took me, she was like, a, she's like a mother. She takes care of him. She was sure she had her moment the day before I, she grabbed me, took me outside and just, it was very hard. That was a hard day.
1: So the character was being sent away before that he actually passed.
0: Oh yeah. 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 He was very ill. He couldn't finish it. It was, you know,
1: that had to be but, so incredibly
0: hard. And, and I, when he told me, uh, I thought it was, she was joking and it was, and then I saw him turn his head and I was like, what? And I sat down next to him and shed some tears. And I was like, I'm so sorry. And you know, you, it's just, it was awful. And I've dealt with a lot of cancer in my life. You know, a lot of, my mother died of cancer. My father died of cancer. My aunt died of cancer. My sister died of cancer uh, three years ago. So <clears throat> yeah, it's a horrible thing. And that was, you know, yeah, it was terrible, not fun. Uh, and and we just kind of just all hunkered down and loved each other and held each other and and moved on. And Michael had to do a lot of rewrites, and you know, he he did a great job. Michael's brilliant. He he just, you know, it was hard for him, I bet, too, just to have to dealing with the sadness of that, and then happy to be in the middle work. of this thing that's just it's work. You got to continue, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, it was not easy.
1: Were you shocked by how bananas people went when And Just Like That was announced?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and how it's, you know, the love, the hate, it's just, it's, and it's one of the, highest stream shows in history, supposedly. It's and and oh it's yeah a lot of you know everyone has their opinion about it because they are so close to it and they're so married to it. And some people are just hating it, some people are loving it. It's a mixed bag, but everyone's watching it and everyone's talking about it. So that's all you want.
1: And I'm very
0: happy with it. I, I'm really I'm I love what it is. I love what it's become. I think Sarah Jessica is she's brilliant better than ever and she was always great, but it's like, and I said to her the day we filmed that scene where I had to tell her that that Stanford wanted a divorce in her apartment, I said to her, you do this with such ease. And of course she doesn't think that, no actor thinks that, you know, she's like, I do, I don't think, I don't feel that. I'm like, I, I, I look at you and it's just beautiful to watch. It really is. Cause I'm all in my head and I'm, I don't, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing, but um, yeah, she's, she's amazing. And and, and Cynthia, working with Cynthia again, she's magnificent. And and she directed one of the episodes that was kind of a big one for me. And Kristen, who also, better than ever, she's hilarious, just what the character should be at this point. Oh. You know, it's great. So, you know, it's it's just been great. And Evan worked, you know, I finally actually had, I think I had one moment with him in the series, but I got to, uh, that's that's not it's on, not this week, but next week. I got to have this moment with him. But just acting with him too was like you look in his eyes and you just know it's okay and, and you're there. It, yeah, they're all great. It's been it's been pretty amazing.
1: I mean, it's really a cultural
0: touchstone. Yep, yeah, a lot it's of a us. Phenomenon. It's crazy. Um, you
1: know, I also. You- I
0: can't walk down. I live ten blocks from the meatpacking district. I can't walk down there on a Saturday night when all the girls are there because, you know, it's I get it's- it. chased by drunk.
1: Girls in mini skirts. You know, for some people, not a bad thing. Not a bad thing at all. <laughs> not interesting yeah. to you, but nonetheless, it's always fun to watch drunk girls run in heels. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, I've been one. I've uh, been. Okay. <laughs>
0: Except without the heels. But yeah.
1: Um, it, I, it, you, I'm just cracking up because I read that one of your first. Impressions was of Julia Child, and you did it at like a middle school talent show.
0: Yeah, I do know that. Yeah, yeah, I think I made a crepe. Someone, t- I used to always watch. I mean, my biggest influence when I was younger was like Lily Tomlin, because I loved doing character stuff, and um, and Robert Klein was kind of another one that I that I looked that I like, when I was really really young years ago in the seventies um and of course late I, wait late 70s yeah late 70s yeah yeah but he, yeah that um yeah but not really um uh, <laughs> well because i'll tell you the the earl i what was it? it was called youth night and that was in like i'm trying to think if that was junior high school or high school i don't even know but yeah i would do like willie thomas material and uh and someone told me to do um that i would do paul Lind. Um, oh, and, and, God. And,
1: now you're dating both of us. Oh,
0: yeah. I would do Paul and I do his TV series. Martha, get me a martini. And I would do all that. And, and, and um, so someone told me to do Julia Child. I didn't know who she was. And I watched her on PBS and I did her and I did her um, making a crepe Suzette. And then in college, I got into this group at Emerson College called the Emerson Comedy Workshop that was kind of headed up and founded by Dennis Leary. I auditioned my freshman year. It was the hottest thing on campus. And I got in right away. And so one of my first sketches was doing Julia Child rolling a joint and, and ripping, ripping, because this is when you had pot. You had to, like, yes. it, you know, on a screen. So I would, I was like, you can use a colander. You can just rip the screen out of the wall. And I took the screen out of the window and just, like, scrape. And all the seeds just rolled just roll. down to the bottom. <laughs> that was one of my first impressions it was yeah.
1: oh that's yeah. hilarious now y- mm-hmm. speaking of julia child you bake oh. by the way banana bread is like one of my favorite things i make
0: the, I make the best banana bread in the world and i sell it to a coffee shop down the street from me on 19th and 9th called stone street coffee my friend david oz owns it and i bake the banana bread i don't do it all the time because i do have a life uh contrary to I, all the belief i can I,
1: say i don't and I, I don't bake so I,
0: I bake. i love it and you know and during COVID, i you know i cooked I cooked 385 days in a row with my husband. I made dinner almost every night. Did he at least do the dishes? He did. And he cooks sometimes So He's a good, he's a really good cook. But I just ended up cooking because he was working a lot. He was, he was running a theater at the time and he was on Zoom all the time. And I was doing nothing except cameos, which saved me. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and I'm still doing them because I, I do cameos like they're actually there. I'm so <laughs> sickly invested in it that it's crazy. Um, but, uh, yeah, but I do, I love, I love to bake, you know, I, I we did Christmas, you know, I, Jerry does the, Jerry, my husband actually does like the seven fishes, the Italian seven fishes.
1: Wow. And I
0: do, you know, and then I do lasagna the next day with, you know, meatballs and sausages. And we never did lasagna. We never did Turkey. It was always lasagna.
1: God, I love I lasagna. Did I don't want, I don't like Turkey or ham. I don't want to be frigging ham. I, oh, but God! Now you're just making me really, really hungry. You, you and your your husband also were very active during uh, lockdown. And all that supporting the Broadway workers, Broadway workers, and yeah, and the people that actually make the shows hit go on every that turn on the lights every night.
0: Yeah, we did. We were well. We're trying to like you know you're trying to support like do benefits online benefits for for that. Also, also restaurants are a big thing for me. So. Um, we did, we took our, we did a show, I think in 2016 at Lincoln's, it was the American songbook series at Lincoln center. And we did a show that was filmed and we took it and we put it on online to uh, benefit the, um, Bar, bartenders guild and the, um, I think the rest, restaurant workers when all these restaurants were closing down. So that, that was important too, you know, this, there's so much, you know, I, this, I, I, every time I do something, I try to pick something different, you know, like I do, I do a lot of game shows and <clears throat> I did celebrity wheel of fortune and, you know, it was uh, the actors fund. Cause they, <laughs> they, take yep. care of, they take care of, you know, the Broadway community, you know? And also I was like, you know, and when I'm old, I want you to put me up in your home. So this is actually a bribe. Exactly. So, I'm, pro- prote- I'm, protect,
1: I'm protecting my future. Yeah, exactly. You also have done a ton of hosting and there was talk about you. If Joy Bayer was going to, on the view, was going to leave, you would come in. You're such a natural, I hate, I hate this term personality.
0: Yeah. Uh, But you know, look, the view was something I used to do all the time before it became more of a show about political show. Yeah. And every time I did do it since then, it was always, um, the comedy was already always politically motivated, right. except for the last time I did it when they had me host because it was the twenty fifth anniversary, which was really very moving. They put a whole clip together because I did it one hundred and fifty three times. Really? <clears throat> oh, yeah, and I did. I host. I I started at Joyce Comedy Corner and then ended up doing these segments after after the award shows and ripping apart the award shows, and which was really fun. And then
1: I, I made a career much, out of that.
0: I know, and you know what though? I kind of try to veer from the fashion because you guys are doing that. I would be like. You know, the, if someone took forever to walk up to the stage, I'm like, okay. First of all, she's in the back and she's she's doing the Prozac walk. You got to pick up the pace, or I would, or someone was sleeping, or I tried to find other things. Um, so, but now, like, I would never want to do that. I would never want. I would never want to be on the View every day because you are taken to task with every friggin' thing you say. So I have, I have no desire to do something like that ever. Because you're, you're such a natural host. Well, you know, I do a game, I would host a game show, you know, I'd host a, you know, I would host a, a variety talk. I'd love to do that.
1: Well, oh, God, yeah. Like not
0: I said, keep it light. And I'm an entertainer. I'm not, you know, I'm not really a political comedian. People certainly know where I stand politically. Um, but no, I, uh, it's not something that I, I like doing Judy Garland and Liza Minetti <laughs> and Bruce Springsteen and talking about, you know, <clears throat> family and life and Old movies, and that's what I love to do, you know. And my disdain for reality shows.
1: Yeah, why the disdain for reality shows? I hate them.
0: I hate them. I think they're awful. I'd never do one. It's the one thing, and I've been offered them. Believe me, never. How much
1: money would get you to do one? Nothing. I was offered really.
0: I was offered a lot of money from the get go
1: to do, um,
0: Celebrity Big Brother. I didn't even negotiate up. I was like, no. absolutely not. I will not be staying in a house for three weeks with, with Omarosa. That's not happening.
1: No, I, I was offered to him, like, I am, you, you are not locking me in a house with people.
0: No, I bet you. I, I just, you know, I think the way, you know, you and your mother did it was funny because it was all, you know, you could tell it was like a scenario. And even when Kathy Griffin did it, it was a scenario. But even that, I just was like, I, I, I don't want to do that. And I don't want to, be responsible for making my crazy family famous and my husband would never do it. You'd have to get, you know, Blair Underwood to play him. So <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. So, that's why.
1: Before I let you go, are we going to have another season of and Just Like That? I'm praying. I haven't heard anything official yet.
0: Boy, I would like that. I really would. Uh. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I really, really, it was bittersweet, but it was glorious and I, I was so happy with the way he wrote me. And mm-hmm. He's very protective of me, Michael Patrick King, and he just knows how to write for me. And um, I'm thrilled with everything he gave me. And I'm I always say I would walk into a room blindfolded with him. So, yeah. And if they do do it, you know, I I hope he does it. I just hope it's all the same. I don't like change, Melissa.
1: I don't like change either. It doesn't I don't do change well. I don't either. I don't like it. No. Now, now you say, you literally, I think, are my, my better twin.
0: Yeah. Well, we, the, we, we did something together. We did. Um, oh God. We didn't do it the same day. We were doing it the same day, but it was a different show. Uh, we did. Um, um, I saw you at your mother's roast, but also I, 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 we did a oh, hot, you um, show you want to be a millionaire when they were. That's do right. Alzheimer's. Yep. me We were yep. together. It was me and you and. Peter Gallagher are all in the in the uh, in the in the waiting in the room. waiting room. The waiting room, yeah, that was fun. I I I I want some money for that. I I want some money for uh, for for Celebrity Wheel of Fortune, which was uh, really fun. And I it was I Jeopardy. I did Jeopardy one time.
1: Oh, I, I, Celebrity Jeopardy. I won. You okay? See, I would kill to do Jeopardy, but I know I would get there and panic because I am freaking brilliant watching it at home.
0: Of course, and then. Well, you know what it is? It's the button too. Like you and Alex Trebek, I got to work with him. He was so lovely and fun and funny and tough and biting and interesting. And I just adored him. He, he, um, you have to work that button. Like you've got to press the button after the question is done. Like immediately, you can't do it on the last word. It won't, it won't work. So during the rehearsal, the dress rehearsal, I was, I'd lost. And then I got the hang of it. Once the cameras rolled and I won. I'd beat Jolie Fisher and Marty Short.
1: <laughs> That's good company. Both smart people. Wait, so you can't, do you get locked out if you push the button well, while you, the question's you being asked? asked?
0: Yeah, for a second you do, and you got to keep going. But you got to just hit it like if the question is, uh, you know, this uh, this movie, tie, this musical tied for, for best musical for the Tony Awards in 1957, and you, as soon as I say
1: 57, we got to go. If you say, if you're saying 50 and you go, no, you're You're locked out. Oh God. Inside tip. Uh, I adore you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Melissa.
0: Do I get a gift?